Hey folks, you're listening to an episode of Cultural Lenses, a show about life from the perspective of an Indian man who grew up in the Middle East and is now living in Canada. Cultural Lenses is hosted by Nikhil Chodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply, as LR. The theme song of Cultural Lenses was made by good friends of LR, Revelries. You can find them on Spotify and also on Twitter at Revelries Music. And finally, to keep up with LR and all of what he does, make sure you follow him on Twitter at LRThe11, on Instagram at LR11, and on Twitch, where he occasionally streams at twitch.tv LR11. Enjoy the show. of Cultural Lenses. I'm your host, Nick Hill Shodimela, otherwise known as LR11, or more simply known as LR. As my good friend Glenn would have told you in the introduction to this episode. Now, today I have a very special episode. Um, it is actually part one of a two-part series, with part one coming out now, and then part two coming out next week. Um, it is an interview with a good friend of mine. Her name is Snaps. Um is how I refer to her, but otherwise, uh, you uh, she goes by she snaps on the internet, uh, primarily Twitch. She is a Twitch streamer, um, and now working on being a um, mental health advocate, a mindfulness guide, and just your overall internet weirdo. Um, this is a two-part series uh, where we talk about parenting because she's a new parent. Um, she had her daughter last year sometime in July of 2021 and knowing her and the type of person uh, person she is I wanted to I wanted to bring her on and have a conversation around some how do you how do you approach parent, parenting mindfully and how do you work on breaking through generational trauma and working through tr- trauma to be a better parent, which which I I don't like the phrasing of that, but how do you how do you be a parent when you're working with all this really difficult emotional baggage? Um, so yeah, in a moment uh, we will cut to the start of that conversation, um, and at the end of this episode, I will um, give you all of her um, what do you call it, all of her links, wherever you can find her on the internet and what she's doing. It will also be in the description of this episode. Um, there's really no admin things beyond that. Um, I have a Google form that's in the description that I'd love for 
anybody to take the time to give me some feedback on uh, my show and what I could be doing. But I think this is what I want to move towards is trying to do more interviews um, because I feel like I've reached a point where there's only so much I could talk about social and cultural issues unless there was a specific topic that came up. Anyways, that's all for a different episode. Right now, I want to focus on this conversation. So please um, settle in, relax. Um, each episode's about 45 minutes, roughly a little bit more than that, a little under. Um, and I hope you enjoy the conversation. That's kind of what I was curious about. So that's, I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's talk to somebody who's kind of weird, but also is kind of here now. <laughs> <laughs> bro i told jasmine what we were doing that i was doing a podcast yeah. with you and she's like oh cool what are you going to talk about and i was like um i think grief and parenting was the plan and she's like oh lr does love moms <laughs> yeah i do i do i'm very biased and i was like yes yes you do he do love moms and that was like the last thing i said before i came and sat down in my office so it's fun um from that i guess we'll start with introduce yourself and sum yourself up in what you do as best as you can because can you're be trying to let go and be Absolutely. like no you do it for me um how would you okay. i want to know what what you see sure. me as right now sure that's fun um <laughs> so welcome uh to the show snaps she snaps minus snaps existing with jessica um all your different handles and things that you do uh snaps here is um a human <laughs> you've done so many things now and you've become something that it's 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 not even hard uh content creator um former constant gamer or like is that is that like you know like daily yeah. game, former daily gamer that's the word i was trying to look 100 percent. yeah because i started on twitch because i was so addicted to gaming um twitch streamer uh now on tiktok um, but content focused primarily around uh, mindfulness and us existing with ourselves more so mm. than anything else. Okay, I like it. Yeah. I like it. That feels nice. Yeah. Um, yeah, because I feel like your content has now evolved into, or at least your message, what you're trying to do has now evolved into more. Um, I think it's moved even further from the mindfulness into just like existing as a person. Mm -hmm. mindfulness being a part of it too but yeah. it's like okay cool how do you um actually yeah mindfulness is the core of it but mm -hmm. like i i think that's just the word um to encapsulate it all but it's more just like okay this is um uh, you know learning to let go of certain things and learning to move on past certain things is that yeah. that feel right i don't know how to articulate it properly yeah yeah because like mindfulness is the core of it but ideally we get to a point where we're not being mindful, like we're just living our lives and we're present in it instead of having to work so hard to get right. back to it. So yeah, that's, I think that's nice. I think you did a great job. I feel Thanks. very seen. Thanks. Um, I do my best. I pay attention sometimes. <laughs> um, so for this bit, I wanted to talk about, um, I think you are the first parent I have on the show. Oh, cool. Yeah. Um, and so we're going to talk about some parenting stuff, but specifically, um, not even specifically, no. So I was curious, I was thinking today when I sent you the message, I'm like, I want to do this. I was thinking about how, because you've been pretty open, but how you never imagined to 
live this long mm. or never thought you'd live this long to being okay with yourself and then living this long mm. and to having Alina be a thing. Mm. And then you're like now like just regular routine and like daily like re- like perspective. That was the kind of journey I'm like, that seems like a wild journey, especially for somebody who doesn't expect or think that they're ever going to live past 25. Yeah. To all of a sudden be like a pretty functioning parent. (laughs) I am honored. (laughs) I think like any parent out there that's like getting three hours of sleep a night would be like, oh, thank you. A pretty functioning parent. That's delightfully adequate. I appreciate that. Oh man. Yeah. It's been, I've never saw this shit coming. Absolutely. It's so funny because I was talking to Jasmine earlier and I was telling her how yesterday for the first time in a while, I was able to get up at 5 a.m. because I told myself I just need my mornings again, even if it means that I'm sacrificing potentially an hour of sleep when I'm getting so few hours already. But I just had that feeling like, I really, I really think that this is going to help. I'll generate energy through other means, but I think I just need to start getting up at five again. So yesterday I got up at five, had like an incredible day. I had a wonderful fucking day. I was so mindful in the morning. I was able to meditate. I was able to journal, spend some time alone outside, just existing. And then I got to go and get Alina when she woke up, we hung out like during her nap, I got so much stuff done without feeling rushed and without feeling the weight of like, Oh, I have so much stuff to get done. Then I had a great stream. Then I like more meditations throughout the day. So made a great dinner last night, like hung out, got to bed at the perfect time. And as I was getting into bed, I saw this little pink block sitting on my nightstand. And I was just like, Oh man, like I could seriously cry thinking about it again. It made me so happy. (laughs) Oh man the amount of times that I like prayed without praying, cause I didn't really believe in like that kind of God, but like the amount of times that I imagined myself as a parent and like was just wanting it so bad, trying to visualize what it would feel like to be in a house with toys all over the place. And I didn't know if it was in my future. Like I think, I think relatively optimistically Like I'm open to a lot of really beautiful, joyful possibilities, but we have been through a lot. So it's easy to remember that there are a lot of blessings that people don't get in life. And parenting was something that I felt I wanted so bad that I thought I might've been scaring it away. So I saw that pink block last night and it was like all of that context just punched me right in the face while I'm staring at this little toy that Alina would have left on my nightstand while she was babbling around my room doing the cutest shit ever and I was just like overwhelmed with love overwhelmed I was so happy that that got to be my experience and I was so happy that I was seeing it Because I know there are so many days where I would have walked past it. I would have just laid down, go to sleep, see the block, but not see the block. Zero acknowledgement, zero awareness of what depth that single fucking pink block represents. And I was telling my sister about it today. And I did not think I was going to get emotional. I was just like excited, like, oh, and I saw this fucking block and it made my night. It made me so happy. And when I started telling her that I immediately started sobbing. And it made me realize 
that I put so much pressure on myself to be a very present, joyful mom that on the days when I don't do it, I get a little frustrated. I'm like, she deserves me at my absolute best all the fucking time, anything less. And it's awful. And there have been some days where I don't hear her giggle or laugh until Jasmine arrives at like 11 or 12. And when I realize it, it hurts every fucking time. It hurts so fucking bad. Oh, so like the, this whole experience has been wild. And I am so grateful to be experiencing parenthood as someone with all of this newfound mindful awareness, because the, the fucking depth of it is incredible. Like this is a very captivating experience. I'm so fortunate. I'm so fucking excited. And like, oh, that's, that's something that you could never have convinced me. I would be able to understand, right? Like years ago, if you would have told me like, you're going to see a block on your nightstand and you will probably weep for the rest of your life. Anytime you think of that block I would have been like, no. <laughs> and if I hadn't found all of this, mindfulness. I know who I would have been. And I know I would have never seen the block. I would have never gotten to appreciate it. I would have missed out on so many moments, so many blocks. Mm. You tearing up made me tear up because all, all that, all that makes me think of more so than anything else, which is something I've been diving into is, um, generational trauma, mm. right? Because, Hello. <laughs> uh, because, I mean, I have a name. <laughs> um, because there's so many, you know, you, me, uh, some of my friends who are so concerned over whether or not they're going to be good parents, mm. not because, and, and not in like a, a norm, not like a normal concern or like the standard concern of like, oh, I don't know if I'm ready. I don't know if I can handle this, but because and like, am I so irreversibly traumatized from mm. everything I've dealt with that like, what's this kid gonna be? Oh. And how's, how's that, how's that played into how you've been dealing with raising a child before and after? Mm. The being a good parent thing is really interesting because I really have tried so hard to kind of tell myself that like every parent that's trying even a little is a good parent because the shit's tough. If you show that you're working on it, that's really like all your kid needs to see. But that's easier said and understood than like experienced as a parent now. Right. And like there have been days when shit gets really intense when when some of the the deeper more recent traumas surface and I find myself staring off into space often with like a kind of you know one of these looks on my face and I worry that I'm gonna freak her out that we'll be like playing on the ground you know and doing what people do right because everyone kind of does that yeah. at some point like you're talking to someone and then you're just not there you are off and all of this is gone and I've had so many of those little moments and it's probably fewer than I would believe if I like reflect on it because we're so hard on ourselves. Mm -hmm. But I've had so many of those moments where I realized that I disappeared and I wonder what that looks like and feels like to her. Like 
I know the energy isn't going to feel the same. The energy of a present person who is in tune with you, that is a beautiful thing. The energy of someone who is next to you, but not next to you. I don't always know what that's going to feel like in this new context. I don't know what that experience is for her. So I think that's the stuff that worries me the most because otherwise, like, I think I've made my peace with accepting that, like, I can only do so much if I am in tune with her needs to the best of my ability, like that's, that's really all I can do. If I can show her that I'm working on myself, that I'm willing to apologize and, you know, accept that I'm wrong and show her natural emotions. Like we have a rule that we don't hide crying around her. If we're feeling anything and we feel a lot of things, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. we feel it. And then we explain to her ever since she was a teeny little thing, we always explain to her what we were feeling and like why we are reacting the way that we're reacting. So we're really hoping to be able to help raise a little conscious being, but those moments where I disappear make me feel like I'm standing in the way of that. And it makes me feel bad. Right. And um, yeah, I, I always imagined if, if whenever it, it was my turn, um, whether or not, you know, whenever whenever I'm a parent my kids are like overachievers or you know they're just getting by or whatever the uh emotional intelligence is the number one thing I want to uh, like Mm -hmm. make sure I pass on properly to be able to properly identify feelings and communicate those uh because I think there's a notion of like you have to lay down the law Uh, you can't let them cry or tell you no that's disrespecting I'm like well what do you what do you think kids are? They're not full-grown <laughs> adults. They're not, no, they they're don't know any better. Children. Um, and so that's always kind of grossed me out. And that's part, like, uh, creeped me out. Um, it's it's bothered me more mm-hmm. so than anything else. And I think that that for me is more, um, that's part of my, like, upbringing, my culture where it's like, uh, we're kind of strict and you just have to do as we say and there's like not a lot of freedom. But then people don't realize the more freedom you take away, the more they're just going to do it. Yeah, and they're just gonna find ways around it. Yeah, it's the joke of like the pastor's daughter. <laughs> um, which are we've talked about it briefly, but what what about when you have a teenager, and like she starts experimenting? You know, that's interesting because I've been an aunt for a long time, or an aunt, if you want to say it, not Midwesty. Mm. Um, I have a lot of nieces and nephews, and the majority of them are like fucking adult creatures now which is weird graduating college and shit mm-hmm. um my oldest niece has a kid like it's wild um so i've i've been able to see that not from a parental place but still from like a, an older you know like i feel responsible for right. a lot of them right. and it's been easier to deal with than i i think i would have expected even before mindfulness so i think it'll be easier now of course like right now i can do my little mental prep work and tell myself like one day Alina is going to look you square in the eyes and say, I fucking hate you. And you have to be ready to just say, okay, I love you. (laughs) Like just let it go through, not feel any of it, know where it's coming from. So it's, it's easy now to say like, I'm prepared for that, but who knows what life with my own teenager will be like, who knows what the world will be like. There's, there's so many factors that can impact how well I'm able to respond but it is definitely something I think about. <laughs> like I'm trying to keep that in mind even. You know, it's one of the things that I think I 
am trying to be the most conscious of around Alina. And it's something like Jasmine and Alex and I, like we all pay close attention to it. I don't want to create any identities for her. That's the biggest thing is I catch myself like it's the, oh, thank you. You're so nice. You're so sweet. It's mm. all of the you are's. You're so smart. Oh, that was really smart. That I'm like, fuck, stop it. Be more specific. Give her something she can work with because I know the weight of even like those kind descriptors. You know, right. I had so many people tell me I was smart when I was younger that anytime I felt like I didn't understand something, I would just fuck off and be like, I just don't care about it. You know, like right. I would just dip instead of acknowledging that I was unsure. Right. So carrying the, uh, so instead shifting the focus onto like um, the actions or mm -hmm. like uh, making sure that it's the, uh, she's able to understand that this was kind because of yeah. so-and-so. This was a kind your, behavior. <laughs> yeah. Rather than, I mean, obviously you'd, maybe you'd hope that she's a kind person to the future, but you also don't want her to fall, fall under that pressure of like necessarily having to be kind in every situation yes. is that what I'm hearing yeah especially with the way that a lot of women are conditioned in society right. to be polite and like to be you know seen and not heard I'm I'm trying to be very conscious of that I want to make sure that she knows that sometimes she's not going to feel very nice you know sometimes she's going to rage out and say some shit she doesn't mean but it doesn't mean anything about her because she's not a nice person she's a person mm -hmm. um I like that. I've been, you know, um, I, I feel like identity, especially with some of the conversations we've had in your stream lately has been a big mm -hmm. topic that we've going over lately where we just, sure, it, it, that there's comfort and restrictiveness in how we label ourselves and we just rely and fall back on those and refuse to kind of let go of those. Mm -hmm. um, so that makes sense for your approach to the parenting stuff as well. Yeah, it's pretty, I think it's pretty important. Like I'm trying not to do it to myself. So yeah. why do it to this tiny little squishy jello brain? that's just like mm -hmm. absorbing everything. So at what point then do you, um, whether you've thought about this or maybe you've already doing it, in, you're already doing it in some aspects. Are you treating her as kind of, um, I feel like peer is too strong of a word, but you know, like there's mutual respect. Yeah, we're, we're definitely already doing that. We, we've been doing our best to make sure that we explain everything we're doing, especially as it relates to like her body. Like, I'm going to change your diaper. I'm sorry. I know that this is not something you love, but I have to clean you like this because of hygiene. Someday you're going to be able to go right there and take a shit on that thing. That's going to be awesome. I won't have to do this for you. You'll feel free. Um, like when we wipe her face after breakfast, like, I'm sorry. I know that you don't enjoy this but I can't let this food sit on your face. Like that's yeah. going to cause a lot of bacteria and germs and it's really gross. You won't like it after a while, but she's starting to understand us to the point where we can offer her little moments of like autonomy. So I wipe her face and hands and then I give her an opportunity to try it herself now. And she's 11 months. So she can, she like hold the little rag to her face and then she just she just like smiles at me like I'm doing it. She doesn't even do the rub yet. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, yes, just like that. And then she bites the rag and I have to say, okay, it doesn't go in your mouth though. No <laughs> mouth, just do this wipe. And she just, same thing. I tried to show her how to do her little hand wipe. And she just went like this once, like just bopped her own hand and then bit the rag again. I'm like, okay, one more time. And then I'm going to take it. She's good at cleaning the table though. That motion, that motion, she, she down, really she enjoys. Yeah. 
Yeah. She's nailed that one. So we're, we're trying to treat her as a being because she is, right. you know, like her needs are going to be different from ours in a certain sense, but ultimately like they're pretty similar, <laughs> you know, she just needs some, some love. She needs a little bit of connection to have food and drink and a place to poop, which is right now her diaper. Right. For, hopefully as it's all staying the diaper. Um, <laughs> yeah. Have you in moments of maybe frustration or harder days with, you know, taking care of her, whether she's cranky, whether she's been sick, have you ever felt like parts of your old, old self were coming up before reformation mm. before, or like parts maybe, or behaviors that maybe your parents might've done mm. that you can remember or something that you wanted to like, you were thinking of doing, but then you caught yourself because no, that's not that's fun. Let me think. Cause I, there was something that started coming up and then it ran away because there was something, Oh, I actually talked about this in the, the video that I did on, on YouTube about anger because I was having a rough morning and I wasn't able to pick her up right away. Like she was sitting on the bed behind me and I was trying to like self-regulate. I was trying to kind of release the feelings that were building. And for the first time in a long time, I was having the quick mental flashes of imagery of like throw that, punch that, break that, scream fuck, do the whole thing. Like I was really, you know, seeing all the potential ways that I could just, rah, and I was working on just seeing them and releasing them, seeing and releasing, seeing and releasing. And at that time I could tell my whole body's tense. I'm like standing at full attention, like I'm in the military or some shit. And she is not very happy. She's a little cranky. It's early morning. And she was sitting on the bed, reaching up to me and just like with that, like pleading in her eyes, like, come on, pick me up. What are you doing? You're usually faster. And I just couldn't. And it was the shortest little fucking thing. But that was one of the th times where I was like, okay, I can only imagine how many times my parents just like did not because they weren't ready to. This is one little moment. Let it go. Pick her up. It's okay if you're feeling anger and she can feel that you were feeling anger let her see you release it now. And that's kind of where I refocused myself. I eventually picked her up. I took a picture. I don't know if you were there in stream when I was talking about this. I took a picture of her that morning because I had my camera in my hand and I wanted to remember the look that she was giving me and remember the way that I felt in that moment because of my anger, the way that I felt not disconnected, but like I was trying to like I was trying to say like, no, you are responsible for your own tiny self right, right now. Yeah. I am dealing with this. And when I look at that picture, it makes me feel some feelings. It gives me a lot of emotions. But otherwise, like, no, I, I feel like I've made, because it's been like the fucking work, you know, I feel like I've made a lot of progress in releasing a lot of the behaviors that have come from my parents at least the ones that would relate to where she is developmentally right now. Guilt and shame are my biggest fears for the future. That's the thing that like, you don't know what you don't know. I don't know the little ways that it might still be in my language. And that's what I, I fear sometimes is that that generational shit's gonna get passed on. I'm gonna put her in a position where she's scared to tell me things because I'm gonna have a face or whatever, you know? Right. Yeah, that's that's one of my fears too. If if I'm not able to have a 
open enough conversational relationship where they understand that they did something what they think at least is bad mm-hmm. um and they don't think they can come to me with it so instead they'll go to other friends and then their friends will be like oh do this but it's actually mm-hmm. a really bad solution and then makes it worse <laughs> and then eventually the principal calls me like hey listen your kid did this i'm like yeah. okay cool this would have been avoided if you just mm-hmm. called me earlier um but that uh that made me think of something um codependency i mm. know you're not the biggest no I, i'm assuming here um because uh, it was based on something you said yesterday where um and this is all purely hypothetical but you know if you and um your partner were ever break up you'd still be okay comfortable being on your own because you've reached that point in your life yeah. um but has have you formed or found any kind of codependency forming with Alina? Hmm. Um, be it one way or two way or, well, I mean, obviously she is dependent on um, you mm-hmm. um, for surviving and sustenance, but mm-hmm. um, have you noticed any other codependent behaviors? No, I think, I think that is one of the blessings of the particular trauma or traumas that I've faced having related to like the losses in my family, I am very, very aware that any of us could die at any moment. And it has forced me into a like full on acceptance full on like in in I would say the majority of moments when I'm with her it's it's present in my mind like when I put you down it might be the last time when I pick you up it might be the last time and I have worked a lot since she was born and even while I was pregnant I've worked a lot with those feelings of if something happens to you I couldn't I couldn't like I don't know what I would do where I would go who I would be and I have to like do the mental work or I had to, especially in the beginning of like, you will be okay. You have thought that you couldn't bear other things before. And here you are. If you lose her, you know what you want out of this life. You know what you're, you feel like you're here for. You will stick to that. It will be the worst fucking thing imaginable. Worst thing you could ever feel, but you will ultimately be okay. So that's, that makes it, I think, simpler for me to not be codependent because I, I know logically what she needs and it's not for me to hover, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm able mm-hmm. to feel a little bit more grounded in that and not be as like, mm-hmm, you know, like just lingering scared of whatever. Um, it can be hard to leave the house sometimes just given pandemic right. before right. she was so young that there were a lot of like, there was, it felt like there was a lot of nuance to her needs So I was a little bit more concerned with making sure that everyone was prepared in case of whatever types of emergencies and disasters. But um, the, like her side of things, it does not appear that she is dealing with any codependency or any like attachment beyond natural attachment because she's very curious. She's very open. She, from all of what we see, seems to believe that the world is a safe place and that the people in this world are safe. And as long as she's had a minute to warm up to whatever situation she's in, she's ready. She's she's off on, on her own if she can be, and she's fine with hanging out with all the different family, like 
She's a very chill, friendly baby. <laughs> she waves at everyone when we go to the store. And she has this little hey that she does. So she'll see someone like sometimes pretty far away and she'll just raise her hand and be like, hey, hey. <laughs> that, and that feels like something inherited from Jasmine. <laughs> yeah, actually. Yeah. 100%. It's very her. Yeah, um, that's how we all greet each other, I feel like, in this house. Hey. It's, it's you know, and I think being a... When I when I when I think of you and Alina, the phrase um, "it takes a village to raise a child" comes mm. to mind. Oh my gosh! Um, yes. Because there's you know there's because of circumstances and whatever special you know different situations there's obvious like rock star single parents out there who just manage to do it all well manage is a is a loose term you know yeah. how they end up being after a couple of years just doing it solo is one thing um but then i don't know uh, how how has that been having to accept that you won't you're not able to do it all it's tough. I will admit at the one of the things that feels as though it is more deeply rooted is the like kind of control freak tendencies. Um, again, <laughs> trauma. Hey, what's up? Thanks mm -hmm. for, you know, the chaos that now makes me feel like I need extreme order in order to survive. Um, I'm, I'm working on it, though. You know, I'm trying not to be so like I have to be watching. I have to be right. controlling everything. Because you understand so, it's not from like a, you can't be there or watching all the time because we all have our own lives yes. to live on top of taking care of a child. So logically you already yeah. have that down. It's yes. on the inside. There's there's little bits that are easier for me than others. Like it's, it's usually easy if people are around hanging out to be like, I'm going to go take a 10 minute meditation. Okay. And know that like they are cool with it. Mm -hmm. Um, but like Jasmine, right? Like she ends work, work, you know, nannying here for us at five. So there are times where I don't finish my work um, until around then. And then I'll be like, oh, I wanted to take a quick meditation before you leave, but I feel terrible. So I'll be like, I'm just, do you mind if I take like a two minute meditation? Is that cool? And I convince myself that she isn't also here because she loves the shit out of her niece, yeah. you know? I'm like, oh, this is work for you. I'm so sorry. I'm putting right, this huge right. burden on you of like sitting and just playing with a baby. <laughs> That's really fun. Yeah. Um, so there are certain things that are easier for me to ask for help than others. But lately it has just been like, like I feel like I finally had like a kind of breakthrough there where I actually feel safe asking for help from Jill and Jasmine specifically because I really see and feel the way that they love Alina and I really see and feel the way that they love me. So I'm trusting that if I ask for help and they are unwilling, uninterested, too tired, not feeling great, whatever, they will just tell me. And so far they have, so it's been working out really nicely. So it makes it easier for me to lean on them. Like I asked Jill to come two mornings a week so that I can stream in the morning for just a little longer. And it, it took one extra time. Like the first time when she said, yeah, I would be fine with that. I was like, okay, she's fine with it. So she didn't say excited. That doesn't mean anything. You don't have to read too much into that. Like she's just saying like, yeah, I can do that. So then the next time she was at my house, I like needed her to look at me and I was like, Hey, 
Are you sure? I need to like watch your face and confirm this for myself. Are you sure that you can do two mornings a week, that that's not too much for me, for you? Because you know, you can tell me no, you can stop at any time. You don't have to do this forever. And she was just like, yeah. <laughs> and then she went back to playing with Alina and I was like, okay. And you know that if you couldn't do it anymore, you could tell me and I wouldn't be upset, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, okay, okay. Now I'll drop it. Brain, stop it. Let it go. We're good. But right. The, so it's just working on fighting the brain juices more so than <laughs> yeah. anything else. They don't come up as much in this particular environment that we've yeah. kind of cultivated, which I'm really grateful for. But when they do, it is it is a little easier these days with certain relationships to ask for that kind of help. Yeah. But it's also bound to be reassuring too that you know that there's people. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, which is, you know, which is common in more like, I guess, um, communal cultures, which America is absolutely not, like North no. America, at least, mm-hmm. um, you know, like with uh, with India, like, oh, you're just, you're just going to stay with the neighbors next door because they come over all the time, we go over all the time, <laughs> um, or yeah, just the whole family is living together already, yeah. so the parents can kind of go off and do whatever. Yeah, yeah, in Mexican culture too, a lot of times they, they tend to stay stay closer together. And I can see the value in that because yeah. this shit really is so hard. It's it's yeah. such a blessing to have this tiny human that is so interested in everything you do. And it's like she is so magical. But I am a human being and I yeah. have certain needs. And it is not I, it is way more surprising than I expected it to be just how challenging it is to meet my own very fucking basic needs on days when I don't have anyone else around to help with lean. Like I will wind up realizing that it's six o'clock and I haven't eaten a damn mm-hmm. thing all mm-hmm. day. She has eaten multiple meals. She has nursed. I have cleaned. I have worked. I have done all this stuff, but I haven't eaten. I haven't showered in a fucking week. Like not today. I actually, it's like three days today, but (laughs) like that shit sneaks up on you because you get into like responsibility mode and there are, it turns out there are endless, (laughs) endless responsibilities. Oh yeah. I feel for people who don't have support systems. Our, our country sucks for that. And parents deserve more. Absolutely. The kids deserve more. And that was it for part one. Thank you very much for listening. Um, you can find Snaps uh, in a whole bunch of places. Um, she goes by Mind of Snaps on Twitter and Instagram. She Snaps on Twitch.tv. That's where she streams. Um, existing with Jessica, all one word on TikTok, and Existing with Jessica uh, on YouTube. Existing with Jessica is a new brand that she launched where she puts up a lot of her mindfulness uh uh stuff is a reductive word but that's where all the mindfulness stuff goes um and the and twitch is you know a lot of what we do you you'll see come by hang out with us and have a good time oh also there's a patreon um where she offers one-on-one coaching and a lovely community community that you can join um and become a part of as through discord and also fan house for some some positivity mindfulness and like spicy stuff so um check out all the links they'll be in the description thank you very much for listening to part one look out for part two because the conversation continues to be great um remember to stay safe wear a mask wash your hands and reach out to a loved one and tell them that you love them take care <laughs>